Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 18th, 2022 from A.T. Shire's home in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the congressional leadership shakeup in Washington and how it affects members of the South Carolina delegation. Former President Donald Trump announced his third presidential bid. Who is backing him from South Carolina? We'll find out. Also, how well would Trump do against former Governor Nikki Haley? We have a quick poll that will tell you. Ooh, a lot of teases up here. (laughs) And Judge Michelle Childs has been sworn in to serve on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And we have a lot more in politics. In business, we have new unemployment data, Data. and we have analysis on what it means from Richmond Federal Reserve Regional Economist Laura Ulrich. We also want to hear your stories. Got to call, guys, because we're taking next week off for Thanksgiving. We're giving thanks. And give us some thanks. You don't have to praise us. I don't really, you don't have to do that. But just call and let us know what you're doing, what you're doing for Thanksgiving. If you're driving somewhere, if you're stuck in traffic, if you're sick, what you got, if you got that tax rebate, ooh, tell us what the hot conversation will be at your Thanksgiving table. Or what it was. Ooh, we want to know. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what you guys talked about on Thanksgiving Day. And what you're thankful for. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. There were 2,944 cases of COVID-19 and 17 deaths for the week ending November 12th, according to DHEC. On average, 249 South Carolinians were hospitalized with COVID-19, 28 were in intensive care, and 8 were on ventilators last week. Currently, 53.5% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. And now for some flu numbers. DHEC says that the flu is still widespread, and more than 4,700 lab-confirmed cases of the flu have occurred between November 6th through November 12th. Now, that's actually fewer cases than the week before, but things are still very active, and DHEC is recommending that you get your flu shot, wash your hands, cover your coughs and your sneezes, and wash your hands. DHEC also reported 310 folks being hospitalized with the flu. Okay, just a little heads up on our politics session, guys. It's a little bit more national newsy, but that's what you get when you got a lot of people in our state who are kind of big deals. So we're going to look at Congress, we're going to look at the courts, and the future. Whoa! Let's start off with a look at the machinations in Congress and the leadership shakeup following the midterm election results. In the House, Speaker Nancy Pelosi stepped down from her role leading the chamber following Republicans clinching 218 seats in the chamber on Wednesday. Pelosi first got the gavel in 2007 as the first female Speaker of the House. Several other House races hadn't been decided yet, but Republicans will hold a slim majority in the chamber. Along with Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer also announced that he would not seek the top spot again in the next Congress, and he endorsed New York Representative Hakeem Jeffries for the position. House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn is also moving aside as Whip, but plans to run for assistant Democratic leader in a position that will make him the fourth most powerful Democrat and help him guide the new slate and generation of Democratic leaders. Clyburn has been the number three Democrat since 2006. Senate Democrats clinched their slim 50-seat majority with Senator Catherine Cortez Masto's win in Nevada last week. 
pair that with Vice President Kamala Harris's tie-breaking vote in the Senate, and we're back to how things were and how they have been for the past two years. But should Democrats win in Georgia, where Senator Raphael Warnock is in a runoff against Republican Herschel Walker, the Democrats would have an actual majority, which affords them greater control than their current arrangement. Republicans voted to re-elect Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell to remain in the top spot as minority leader, despite frustrations voiced within the Republican conference, including from folks like Senators Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and Senator Lindsey Graham, who were among the 10 who voted for Florida Senator Rick Scott to lead the Senate Republicans. Scott heads the National Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, which controls the purse strings of the GOP's campaign arm. In a Twitter thread on Wednesday, Graham congratulated McConnell and said, I supported and voted for a delay in the leadership election. I believe the process was rushed, and a delayed vote would have done the conference enormous good in finding unanimity. At the end of the day, I voted for change. I am hopeful change will be coming to the Republican conference to allow more collaboration and allow us to more vigorously fight for the important causes we support. Quote. Sticking with Graham, he did not testify before that special grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia this week because of the activity in Washington. He is now scheduled to appear on November 22nd. His testimony is part of an ongoing investigation by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who is investigating the role Graham and others played in trying to influence the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. So we just talked about 2020, and we just wrapped up the 2022 midterms. So hmm, let's uh, go ahead and look at 2024. Former President Donald Trump, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 presidential election and inspired a deadly riot at the Capitol in a desperate attempt to keep himself in power, has filed to run for president again in 2024. That might have sounded familiar because that was the breaking news tweet from NPR on November 15th following Trump's major announcement at his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida. Graham tweeted after the speech, quote, If President Trump continues this tone and delivers this message on a consistent basis, he will be hard to beat. His speech tonight contrasting his policies and results against the Biden administration charts a winning path for him in the primaries and general election. As we listen to President Trump remind us of what is possible regarding our borders, economy, and national security, it is my hope that he will continue to focus on the solutions that he offered tonight to restore a broken America. Quote. Now that's not entirely an endorsement right there, so let's focus on people who have given a full-throated endorsement including Governor Henry McMaster, who was the first statewide elected official to endorse Trump in 2016. He issued his support for Trump again, with his spokesman Brian Sims telling the Post and Courier that, quote, Governor Henry McMaster has consistently supported President Trump, and he will continue to do so. New 7th Congressional District Congressman Russell Fry, who received Trump's endorsement earlier this year in the crowded seven-person primary to unseat incumbent Tom Rice, also endorsed Trump for his third presidential run. Sticking with Fry, he was also named president of the new freshman class of the 118th Congress, an early win for the state representative turned congressman. Political reports that Republican George Santos of New York was also placing calls to members in a bid for the spot. But let's go back to Trump for a minute. Winthrop political science professor Scott Huffman's newest Winthrop poll found South Carolina Republican voters would support Trump over former Governor Nikki Haley by a margin of 45% to 37% with some folks not answering and 10% picking someone else. Data! Poll director Scott Huffman stated, Haley has a strong showing against the former president who is popular within his party. Since this was conducted before the disappointing midterm results, for which many Republicans blame Trump, her star may have risen even further, end quote. 
But also not included on that list was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who won re-election and is gaining more and more of the 2024 spotlight. Now, we'll have plenty of horse race polls in the future, but the good thing about Huffman's Winthrop poll is the variety of questions his team asks, and we'll have a more in-depth look at the findings after our Thanksgiving break. Moving away from elected officials to appointed officials, Judge Michelle Childs, the former South Carolina federal district judge, was sworn in as the newest member of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit this week. Childs was nominated by Biden to the spot last December, but her confirmation was delayed when it was reported that she was on the shortlist to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. Instead, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson was eventually nominated and confirmed by the Senate for Breyer's spot, and Childs was eventually confirmed by the Senate as well to the second most powerful court in the country, on July 19th. She's the third black woman to sit on the D.C. Circuit Court and was sworn in by Justice Jackson, who was the second. Congressman Clyburn, who lobbied hard with Senator Graham to get her on the Supreme Court, tweeted, quote, She is beyond worthy of this great honor, and I look forward to seeing all that she accomplishes, quote. And real quick, the former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations and Governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, will be speaking at Clemson University on November 29th. The Turning Point USA event is named A Night with Nikki Haley, The Road to Saving America. We're going to start business off with some new data. It's hard to compile data. That's right. We're talking jobs numbers. Data. The Department of Employment and Workforce reports that for the month of October, South Carolina's unemployment rate nudged up to 3.3% from 3.2% in September. Wages have increased more than 2% month over month, rising from average hourly earnings of $28.45 per hour in September to $29.11 per hour in October. This is the highest average hourly wage in South Carolina's history, according to Due. And there are more than 105,000 job openings in the state right now. And seasonal employment is about to pick up as well. But so are layoffs as economic forces continue to swirl amid high inflation and the Federal Reserve Bank's moves to cool it through raising interest rates to nearly 4%. Now you've heard from Tom Barkin, the president and CEO of the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank, in our last episode. And today I have comments from Laura Ulrich who is a regional economist with the bank, which encompasses the Carolinas, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., Delaware, and most of West Virginia. Laura, who was on a media call Friday morning, gave this overview of South Carolina's current labor situation. You know, we're out every day talking to businesses. We had a roundtable of business leaders yesterday in Raleigh. Um, you know, we're talking to people every day. And there are some sectors that have softened considerably, namely residential and commercial real estate. Um, those sectors have taken a big hit because they're so interest rate sensitive. But overall, we continue to hear that demand is pretty strong um, in most sectors, and we continue to hear that it's difficult to find skilled workers in the state. Um, the unemployment rate in South Carolina increased a bit to 3.3% in October. Uh, the unemployment rate for the U.S. was 3.7% in October. And one of the things I wanted to point out is that the national labor force decreased by 22,000 people in October. Um, South Carolina's labor force shrunk by 4,800 people. So it was a 
really significant share of the the U.S. Um, decline in labor force. Um, South Carolina's labor force is still up 21,100 people compared to pre-COVID, but there's been several months recently where we've seen labor force um, declines and, you know, just given ongoing labor shortages, it, it would be much more encouraging to see that labor force number growing month over month. Um, we, we continue to see in migration. There's not much question there, but I think a good bit of the immigration we're seeing is retirees. So that doesn't that doesn't help the labor force. And then it's, it, you know, some of these folks who are leaving the labor force are retiring, but there's other people exiting for other reasons. And so I think that that continues to be an issue that that has to be considered. Ulrich also noted that while there may be some layoffs happening nationwide that are gaining headlines, so far, South Carolina's manufacturing and service-heavy economy is faring well and should do so into next year. Here's what she told me when I asked about anecdotes of layoffs that I've been hearing from folks. There have also been pretty significant layoffs in mortgage comp- for mortgage companies um, because that market has all but dried up. People took advantage of low rates while they could, right? Every, a lot of people refinanced, uh, so, so there's just not a lot t- of activity going on at, at, at all in that sector. But as I mentioned, most of these other sectors, like when we talked to, to I, I talked to somebody the other day that has a very broad view into manufacturing, and they said demand is still really high. And so if you look at a lot of these sectors uh, that are driving the economy in South Carolina, I think we are somewhat protected from it because we don't have a lot of exposure to IT compared to some other places, right? And we don't have as much exposure. I mean, financial activities, employment is up in South Carolina, but it's only 5.2% of employment in the state. So it's still not, you know, a huge percentage in terms of people working for mortgage companies and things like that. So so there are certainly going to be industries where you're going to see layoffs. But right now, it looks like, for now, most industries in South Carolina are holding up pretty well. But I think a lot remains to be seen, right, in terms of, you know, this question of whether or not the Federal Reserve can achieve a soft landing is a really important question, right? Like if we did have a called recession, you would see a lot more layoffs, right? But right now, you know, third quarter GDP growth was relatively strong. Looks like for the year will be flat. Employment growth has remained strong. So right now we're not in a recession, it doesn't seem like. So as of today, I feel like most of the sectors in South Carolina are going to be insulated from too many layoffs. However, I will also say that could change rapidly. Moving on, did anyone else get a little surprise in their bank account this week? Talking tax rebates that started drafting as a result of the new tax cuts and rebates that lawmakers passed this year at the State House. Now, the Department of Revenue says that when referring to the SC 2022 rebate, you are considered as having a tax liability if you owe state individual income tax for the current tax year 2021. The amount of your tax liability is determined by the amount of individual income tax you owe minus any credits. Now, rebates are capped at $800, and you can find out more information and even track your rebate at dor.sc.gov. And on the way out, one job that is available and hard to keep filled is that of a teacher. The latest report from the Center for Educator Recruitment Retention and Advancement at Winthrop University says teacher vacancies at the start of this school year increased by an alarming 39% over last year in South Carolina. This school year began with 1,474 vacant positions compared to 1,063 last year. 
Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic, and we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how Thanksgiving's going, how it went, if you're still friends with your family members. Are you still family? <laughs> family? I mean, you're still family, but you be friends with your family. I don't know. Um, I'm not expecting any fireworks this Thanksgiving, yeah. but you never know. You know, you have a couple glasses of wine and some pumpkin pie. And some then... social lubricant. <laughs> see what happens. Who's fighting with who? My job, by nature, is to ask the hard questions. <laughs> Sometimes you go in with a plan like, hey, this is going to be an easy one. And then and you get one or two drinks in you and you go like, well, you know let's what? Just, let's ramp it up. I'm going to start a fight here. Let, no, that's my brother, Nick. Oh, my God. He... The oldest, you know, if, if anyone out there knows, I mean, they're always like, oh, I'm going to instigate. I'm like, Nick, we're all just having fun. You don't need to instigate a situation. I like, situation. To, I like to instigate to a, a certain extent. You but can. But also, grading, it's like you're just pushing me. I'm also recalcitrant in the way that it's like, um, oh, you're supposed to fight on Thanksgiving. So it makes me less less want yeah, to Yeah, you don't do like it. to lean into the stereotype. Exactly. For yeah. me, it's like Nick is just baiting me and he's pushing my <laughs> buttons. And I have to defend myself to prove that I know, even though he's like, I already know you know. It's, it's horrible. It's it doesn't horrible. matter. It's he wants, you've been baited. So yeah. I've just gotten to the point now where I just walk up and love go that. somewhere else. I absolutely love that. I have to I, learn at 36. I love to bait. I love all that stuff. But um, uh, we got a call here. And I yeah. got to say, Gavin, Oh, before we get to the call, sure. Let's let's reiterate that that we are not going to have episodes. We're taking next week. Thanksgiving week off. Okay? I need a break, guys. You owe this to us. Yeah, okay. okay? <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> so we won't I don't be know the here. Last time I took a vacation. Oh God, yeah, it's vacation. You took you took a vacation. I didn't get to take a vacation. <laughs> I took an. I waited eight years to take a honeymoon. Anyway, don't put this on me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you guys have a week here to call into the hopper. Full week. All right? Because... Make your own podcast. I got to say, this is our last call. Once we play this, once this ends... The this call is ends, empty. The, this is the bottom. I mean... There's nothing in this hopper. So the cornucopia is not anyone out there. I'm blowing the horn of Gondor. Please come find me. Please help me. Okay. If you can hear my voice. Exactly. So anyway, Gavin, are you ready for this call? Yes. This is a person we've been wanting to call in. To, oh. So this is fun. You ready? Yes. Okay. Hi, this is Michael from Columbia. I'm the dude who uh, I, I tweeted at Gavin that I was really bummed that I missed you and Gav at the fair. And so I was told to DM him and that I would get some swag. Uh, I really just wanted a sticker, but I just got the package today. So just wanted to say how awesome it is, how much I appreciate it. Uh, that poster, that South of Spooky poster is totally going to go on my bedroom wall right above the bed. We're going we're gonna to make sure that I look at it every night before bed. Also, just want to say, uh, just in my appreciation, that I really love the show. I really love the lead. I really love staying up to date on South Carolina politics, and y'all make it really easy to do that. Uh, second, I just want to say the Alice Flag South the Spooky episode. I want. I'm me and my wife are debating: is is she a real person? And they just like embellished her story. Like, did she actually have a lover that lost a ring? And lost a ring or, or something. I'm very confused about that. So we're we're trying to figure out what the what the real story is. So if you could help us out with that. And then also I would like to add that I also wear business shoes without socks. And that is a superior way to wear business shoes. And I'll leave it at that. I'll just say thank you, Gavin. Thank you, AT. 
the work y'all are doing on the podcast is incredible. I love it. If you use this on the show, like, I don't know. Make my voice sound not as whiny as I think it does. But my wife and I love the podcast and hope y'all have a good day. Michael, thank you for calling. I'm glad you got that swag. Um, I'm sorry we missed you. Yeah, we hate that we missed you at the fair. Mm -hmm. Didn't really see too many people, especially people don't want to see A.T.'s foot, unfortunately, (laughs) which was definitely a highlight. It was bad then, yeah. Um, And I know I've promised some other people some stuff out there. I am going to get things to you, especially before Christmas. I've just been swamped between the lead, SOS, Twisk, the elections, debates. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But uh, support that statement there at the end, too, about the superiority of not wearing socks with shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome. You have been part of the the few, the proud, those who do not wear socks with uh, shoes. Let's get to Alice Flagg here. Uh, let's get to Alice Flagg. <laughs> uh, if, for anyone who uh, hasn't he, listened and is a millennial. South of Spooky. The South of Spooky episode of Alice Flagg is done a la Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. It's for you. Uh, I do the voice of Chief. And I do, and we go find a hacker, and I do the voice of a hacker. Um, and then the hacker's name was my AOL screen name. <laughs> this is all the stuff that everyone wanted to know. Anyway, anyway, as uh, far, that's all. <laughs> as far as Alice Flagg goes, uh, yes, we actually a few people said that she was real. Yes. And, and it's in the episode, so yeah, uh, she was real. They're confused by your voices. Sometimes it's hard to follow. <sighs> they were just, they were like, "Who's doing this voice acting? Amazing!" So, uh, yeah, so she was real. She did have a boyfriend, and her family didn't like him. And then she did die. Mm-hmm. And so then they took that story and embellished it to with make the ring with, and walking around the yeah, grave to make it a love story because people love a love story. Uh, to that was embellish my best it acting and, and get oh Gavin that episode the forlorn love lost oh, Gavin it was uh, re- oh oh so many good characters in South of Spooky oh. we just we just pulled them out of ourselves you yeah know? it really is a trick so we sell it as a spooky pod and really we're just it's, workshopping it's a radio drama. <laughs> It's, yeah. So we we got interviews that are real, and the I don't know how to write a serious news package, so it ended up being. A I'm looking forward to film. folks saying in like March, "Oh God, I love South of Spooky." Yeah, thank it's you. like yeah, <laughs> we thank like you. We, I'm we, glad we, that you're getting around to it. Hey, I know how hard it is to get around. Made the me cry to do it anyway. Uh, that's enough of that. Thank you for listening. I'm yeah, thanks, glad Michael. you enjoy the poster. It is a great poster. Yes. I was we going, have some posters available. We can send them out. We're going for Tim and Eric, and I think we nailed Tim and Eric. Anyway, Gavin, you have something that we you want to talk about. We had some news this week. Yes. Huge news that we didn't talk about in Tuesday's pod that I want you all to know about, that we won a Radio Television Digital News Association award, mm-hmm. a regional award, yes. us versus North Carolina news yes. folks. Uh, we won an award for the podcast, the podcast first First place award. Best podcast. Best podcast long form. Something that uh, we already knew, but it's nice to we know. We already knew It's nice that. to know that other people think it's You know, it we don't do it for the awards, <laughs> but it's good to be recognized. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it was the, um, the Association of the Carolinas, and it was for our podcast episode, Low Country at High Tide, where we look at... Um, the Flooding in the Charleston. The Flooding in Charleston is a book called Low Country at High Tide, A History of Flooding, Drainage, and Reclamation in Charleston, South Carolina yeah. by Christina Butler. Super interesting. It's just an interview with Gavin and the It's just the made author. her talk about her yeah. new book. But and it, it's so... It's, it, the way that she talks about knowing the 
the floodplains and everything of Charleston yeah. is is fascinating. If you want to learn about how and why Charleston floods on a sunny day, like they call sunny day flooding, you learn about how they just kept building and filling in on these wetlands mm-hmm. that were on the peninsula, and it's like, oh, why why is it flooding all of a sudden? <laughs> well, because we're not we're barely above <laughs> sea level here, you and fit- the water has nowhere to go, <laughs> and and you and you're built on garbage on top of a marsh. But I love, but I love <laughs> Charleston, <laughs> south of Broad. This is what makes people south of Broad so important, folks. Mm-hmm. They say we don't care, Mother Nature. We're built on refuse. But uh, I had another issue I wanted to bring up, sure. folks. Uh, you know, watching uh, the Amazon streaming and the si- the movie The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra oh, Bullock. Oh, God, why are we doing this? Oh, camera? my God. I know. I was, I was watching with a friend just being silly. You know, I had some silly laughs. Uh-huh. And it was funny. Brad Pitt's in it, too, and so is Daniel Radcliffe. It's funny. It's stupid. It's but, a, it's a but sandy it's not, vehicle. It's just not as funny as it could be. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just very basic. And it was just so glaringly obvious to me, a film aficionado. Yes. A cinema that, head. A man of cinema. Yes. That it was just a ripoff of Romancing the Stone. Oh. A classic 1984 film with Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas Kathleen Ka- Turner, Kathleen Danny Turner. DeVito. Yes. And you're like, this is like, because Sandra Bullock is a writer in this. Yeah. She has to go and find this lost city because Daniel Radcliffe has kidnapped her. I mean, it is like just scene for scene. It's the same movie. The Stone. Yeah. And Romancing the Stone, folks, is better. I remember. As is Jewel Denial. As a child. Romancing the Stone being on Comedy Central, the and I was like, I'm going to watch this, and it not being like a real comedy like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, there's more to it than just a comedy. And I was Layers. like, what is this movie? But also, what I want the listeners to know is Gavin is doing this because I told him this week that I don't like Sandra Bullock. I didn't do that on purpose, but maybe subconsciously I did. <laughs> I told him that I don't quite like Sandra Bullock. Can you imagine this, folks? Not in a negative way. Like America's I don't, sweetheart. I don't hate Sandra Bullock, but I don't really like any of her movies. You know, I like Speed. Sure, Miss Congeniality. The Net is funny the to net talk about. Is true. Miss Congeniality. I don't like that movie. I don't she like that. She was from New Jersey. I should have liked that. I, that. I'm above that influence. Okay. <laughs> 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 anyway, people. Gracie Lou Freebush. Thank you for listening. Have a good week next week, even though we won't be talking. Yeah, thank you. We are thankful for our listeners. We'll yes, say that truly. right now. Straight up, we are thankful for you. We're going to miss you for a week. We're both going to be, just know that on Monday and Friday, we're both just going to feel nervous. <laughs> we're going to be in a fugue state. We're going to be like, we should be doing an episode right now. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe I'll get my brothers to do it. Maybe. We'll I don't see. know. Well, no promises here, but uh, uh, thank you for listening. Have a good week. Let us know your fights. Yeah, fights and, and favorite side dishes. We, I need some calls. I can't. The green bean casserole. They got me over a barrel here. I got. <laughs> Guys, I need please, these calls. AT needs it. <laughs> anyway, see you guys. And thank you again, Michael, for calling. And you could do the same by giving us a shout at 803-563-7169. You can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Yeah, that's what you do. (laughs) Whoa! I'm sorry. Whoa! Hey, let me know, buddy! (laughs) Did you get that on tape? Yes. Uh, Print it.